Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for a traditional talk show that has a non-traditional approach to helping you improve your life, love, and all things above? Are you ready for a show that would help you shine brighter, live better, and dream even bigger than you have before? Are you ready for a show whose main mission is to change your no, I can't attitude into yes, I can action and ultimately, yes, I did accomplishment? Then you are ready for the Real Talk with Tanya White show. Whatever you think, whatever you know, Whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. So get ready for some talk that is always rated R. Because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. The Real Talk with Tanya White Show. Are you ready?
Real Talk with Tanya White, and we are thinking about the future today. Uh, tonight our show is about men making moves to inspire the next generation. And I know some of you are thinking, why is she just talking about men? Because it, we are celebrating Men's Month here on the Real Talk with Tanya White all during the month of September. We have been hearing from men talking about uh, topics from a male perspective. If you miss any of the last two uh, shows, we talked about politics and it got real, it got relevant, and it was refreshing. And so tonight we're talking about men. Making Moves to Inspire the Next Generation, and our featured guest will be Layman Hicks, a young man who is doing his part to ensure that the next generation is not only prepared, but they are prepared to prosper and usher us into another uh, age in society. So we're excited to have him on the show again. This will be his third time, I believe. So I love Layman Hicks because he is a young man who is not – uh, what society is saying that young black men are doing. He is an educated man who is focused and about his business and is teaching other young men and women to do the same. And so I love Layman. I'm excited about having him on. Also, in our Boast About Your Book segment, in about four minutes, we have Joy Harris. She is an author and an international speaker, and she's going to come talk about her brand-new book, Authentic Joy, uh, finding a uh, true joy in a compromising world, which is a hot topic that could be a show all by itself, and we are going to try to get it back for a full forty-minute show. But tonight, she's just going to give us, uh, tell us what her book is about, introduce herself to you, and we hope that you visit her website and purchase her brand new book because it will transform your life and open your eyes to what. Joy truly is. If you're just joining Real Talk with Tanya White, I am your host, Tanya White, and I just want to say I love that you have joined us tonight. It's going to be a hot show. It's going to be a very motivational show. And if you have a young child, a teenager, someone who's in college, I encourage you to tell them to listen to Real Talk with Tanya White tonight because we have Layman Hicks on, and he is going to give a, going to be giving some great tips about education, about fulfilling your uh, destiny, about unleashing the greatness inside of you. Even if you are uh, a young a young person in high school, we think about those things as adults, but we should be instilling it in our uh, young children's mind as they're growing up. So we welcome everyone to the chat, Double Up, the Wheat Report, uh, and all the guests who are logging in the chat so let me bring on my co-host for the evening. He has been with us all September long, and I just love having him on because he is real relevant and refreshing. He's an author, a motivational speaker, and uh, he's just real, y'all. Welcome once again to Real Talk, Mr. Brian Ganges. Hello, Mr. Ganges. How are you? Good evening. I'm doing well. How are you? I am fantastic on this Monday. How's the weather in Texas, right? Yeah. Actually, it's kind of nice. We, we're cooled off. We're down in the 80s finally. Oh, wow. We were in the 50s this morning, and we got high 60s, so we're excited here in Kentucky. Um, yeah, we've had a hot, hot, hot summer, and so we're oh. ready for fall. Definitely. Yes, well, tell us who you are. I'm excited about, I'm excited about the, the host. I, I want to do a little research on him, and it sounds like the uh, the young brother's got his head on straight, and well, I sure can. I sure can use some help with these young brothers out here. So I'm, I'm glad to be a part of this, and glad to see the brother doing his thing. 
Yes, he does. He is doing his part down there in Florida and has been doing it for quite some time now. So he is an awesome young man, and you will be hearing his name many, many times over, uh, Layman Hicks. But, uh, Mr. Ganges, before we bring on our guest for Post About Your Book, tell us who you are and what, what you're doing down there in Texas to make uh, make a move to inspire the next generation. Absolutely. I'm uh, Brian Ganges. I'm an author, uh, the author of Piecing the Puzzle Together. Uh, I have a calling and a vision for men, males to stand up, grow up, and become men. And I have uh, men are just on my heart, and I have a desire. I have a desire for all people to become a Christian, to live the good life, and serve God. So I really have a place in my heart for men. And so this is uh, very fitting that you asked me to be on the show tonight because uh, I have the same type of passion and zeal for men to come stand in their place. Men, the head of God's creation, um, that's what it's all about. When And the enemy knows if you take the head out, mm-hmm. body is good. So yes. I'm, 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 here to, I'm here to do my part to help the head the man, get back in place. And, and I appreciate brothers like uh, the, the, the guests that you have here today. Yes. Well, listen, listen, that's a whole show in itself um, about everybody getting in their rightful position. Um, yeah. it, it does need to start with the male figure. We're going to talk about that later, but we're at our Boast About Your Book segment, and tonight we have Joy A. Harris on. She's an inspirational speaker, a Bible teacher from Lexington, Kentucky. She graduated from Midway College. And she is back in school pursuing a Master's of Arts in Counseling at Ashbury Tech, uh, Theological Seminary. Uh, she has just written a, and released her first book, Authentic Joy, uh, Finding True Joy in a Compromising World. So, listen, she's going to give us a fist full of power in this next 10 minutes. So we're going to bring Joy on to Real Talk with Tanya White. Hello, Miss Joy. How are you? Hi, Tanya. I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. We have a great co-host tonight, Mr. Brian Gange. You two is also with us tonight, Joy. Hi, Brian. Hey, Miss Joy. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Joy, we're excited to have you on Real Talk with Tanya White, finally. And we're going to have you back. I'm glad to be here. Listen, we're going to have you back for a full 40 minutes because your book has just so much that we're not going to possibly get through uh, in this 10 minutes. But before we get started about your book, can you tell us who you are in 30 seconds or less? (laughs) I am a mother, a daughter, a friend, a sister. I'm a student. I'm a lot of things. Um, We we put labels on ourselves. But the most important thing for me is is that I'm a redeemed child of the Most High God. Um, I'm a follower, believer, and passionate about Christ. And and if anybody asks you who I am, I, I want them to know that I am a child of God and I am a believer. Hey, listen, I know y'all can hear it in her voice all right. She's she's ready to go. Uh, she has been on a blog tour all uh, month. And so if you miss any of her shows, please do a search on Blog Talk Radio for Joy A. Harris, and uh, you will be blessed. Now, Joy, tell us how you came about to write your first, finally, write and publish your first book, Authentic Joy. What was your journey? Um, It it was actually a a rough journey. In the beginning, it was not as bad. Uh, 07 is when I actually got the title and the the chapter uh, headings. But 07, I had my second major back surgery, put the book aside, 
08, my father was diagnosed with um, colon cancer. In 09, he died. And from my father's death, I was in a really dark place. Even though I still believed in God, I trust God, I was disappointed with God. And I knew I had to do something to get me from that, out of that place of darkness. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of this assignment that I had. So I, I went back into my laptop and I pulled up the book and Basically, I started writing a little bit at a time, and it was a rough journey in the beginning because I had a lot of excuses. Um, this is bigger than me. I don't know what I'm doing. God, how, how I'm going to get this done? How am I going to talk about authentic joy when I, I don't even know if I truly have joy? I mean, I was in a very um, hurtful place in my life. And uh, once I was able to get rid of some of the negative self-talk and actually start trusting and be- believing that I can do all things with Christ, I slowly started putting the book together one day at a time, at least three hours a day. I would sit down and just literally start what we're going to talk about today. And from there, 97 days later, I hit sent and sent it to my publisher. So it, it, was, a, it was a rough journey in the beginning but a very um, fulfilling journey, um, an insightful journey once I got rid of the the negativity in the beginning. Wow, you said 97 days. Hope everyone heard that because... 97 days. 97, less than 100 days. Uh, And she said you focused, you got rid of the negativity, and you was about what you needed to be about at this season in your life. Um, now, tell us what Authentic Joy is about, because from the title, and your name is Joy, most people might think it's an autobiography. Right. Actually, I have very little um, reflections of myself in the book. The book basically is talking about um, how the enemy really tries to rob us of our joy by um, dangling the things of this world in front of us, and then we pursue those things uh, in an effort to fulfill a void that only Christ can fill. So we we pursue things in search of joy, and then when we get those things, we discover that we truly are, aren't happy and we don't have joy at all. Um, so the book really is a, an attempt to expose the tricks of the enemy and show the reader how he tries to rob us of our destiny and our blessings and love and, and, and different areas in our lives that God through Christ, Christ um, died for us to have, but yet we missed the mark because we're searching after the wrong, the wrong gods, um, mm-hmm. little G. So I really try to show how the enemy trips us up and how deceitful he can be. And in turn, after exposing him, I try to show the reader how you can obtain and keep your joy, not just get joy, but keep it, because sometimes our joy goes out the window. We can have a life circumstance that, that happens, and all of a sudden we're having a good day, and then all of a sudden our good day falls apart. And that should not be the case. That should not be so. Our, our joy shouldn't be contingent upon the things that, out, that are outside of us, because joy is truly found within us, and that's through our intimacy with Christ. Wow. If you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Joy A. Harris about her brand-new book, Authentic Joy. Now, Brian, that sounds a little bit uh, like what you wrote in your book somewhat, is it not? Yeah, it is, because, uh, and, that's, and that's interesting that you brought her up here today, because that's something that's uh, also on my heart, but I won't go too far into it, but hey, I'm definitely a, a supporter of uh Miss Joy, we have been chatting off and on for the past few months, so I've been watching her grow. She's been messaging me back, and I've been sending her information and just encouraging her, so I'm, I'm proud of the work that she's doing. Wow. Thank you, Brian. You have any questions for Miss Joy, Brian? 
Yes, I do, Joy. Okay. Have you have you, have you um, measured or identified your target audience, demographics, age, location? Well, actually, um, I, I purposely, when I wrote the book, I wrote the book not just for Christians or people who confess Christ, but I, I felt like I wanted to present it to people um, of all age, whether young or seasoned, all nationalities or um, religious beliefs, because I think we all need joy. We all need joy, and I, I think that anyone of any age or race could glean some some positive um tips to, to move forward in life and to help them obtain some goals as well as to, to reach for joy. Uh, and, I'm, and my hope is that even if they're not saved, by the time they finish reading Authentic Joy, they'll be seeking after Christ and not the things that they have been seeking after. And those that are saved can do a self-reflection and kind of look and see, okay, where am I measuring up? Am I am I hitting the mark or am I missing it? So my demographic is to the world because I tr- truly believe our gifts are for the world. So um, I definitely want the world to be able to uh, glean from authentic joy, any age, any race, any demographic. I, I want I wanted it to be able to be able to touch the lives of every person that picked it up. Yes, and if you just joined, we'll talk with Tanya White. We're talking to Joy A. Harris, author of the book Authentic Joy, and you can purchase it online at joyaharris.com, uh, and she will send you a, a autographed copy, and you never know what else you may get. Now, Joy, you talk about some of the things in your book um, that what we think is joy is not really joy. Right. Why do we get blinded sometimes and think, okay, this is what joy feels like when it's really a, a camouflage uh, or uh, um, you're you masquerading, something that's masquerading as joy. Well, I think um, because the world, especially through media, presents these things to us and, and it shows us this picture of if you have this, if you have a, a, a thin um, build, if you're a size four, or if you have a big crib, or if you drive a luxury car, or if you have a status, if you're a CEO, then that, that means you have attained, obtained success, that you have a joy and that you have a peace. And I think a media plays a big part in this falsehood, um, in this deception, because it makes us think, oh, well, if I get a big house, well, then I'm going to be happy. But yet we, we find ourselves sitting in big houses and miserable. Um, and so media, I think, is a big part of why we chase after the, the wrong um, joy, the wrong God. And then the second component to that is, for the believer's standpoint, I don't believe sometimes, and not to pass judgment, but this is, you know, just to state some facts, we as believers don't get into the Word of God. Um, I, I ran across a, a statistic that said like 65% of confessed Christians don't read their Bible. And, and the number um, of Christians that pray was that do not pray was even at a higher level, and I, I was just blown away by that. And I think that's how we become dece- deceived because we're not in the Word of God. The Word of God is literally um, God's revelation to us. It's him talking directly to us, and, and it's showing us who he is. And if we're not in the Word of God, we really don't truly know who God is. So I, I really think that we we practice church and we do that very well. We, we're there on the Sabbath, whatever, whether that's a Saturday or Sunday. We're there. We're doing that. We're at Bible study. 
um, and we're participating, but yet we're not spending that intimate quality time daily with the Lord. So I think that opens the door for us to fall victim to these tricks and schemes of the enemy because we're not um, in that intimate relationship, in that intimate place with God. Wow. Now, Joy, uh, when somebody, how do how does one know that they have really, truly don't have that authentic joy? What's, what's some feelings or uh, things that they go through uh, that are red flags that this is not true joy? Well, it's, it's simple. You know, joy doesn't, Christ within us doesn't go and come. He's there. He, he's Emmanuel. He's there with us at all times. And it's, it's easy to detect when we're a little off kilt because we, we'll find ourselves being affected by everything on the outside. If something, you know, our, our behavior is dictated by the, the things on the outside, our emotions are dictated by the things on the outside, you know, if, if per se we lose our job, we completely are defeated, we're de- depleted, and we, we walk around miserable, we have negative self-talk, and we have a lot of things going on. And that's an indicator, hmm, maybe my relationship with Christ is not where it should be. Maybe I've got a disconnect in the, in the, in the power source because our joy should not be based on things and circumstances that happen around us. We could, should be able to, things can come up against us, but we should, still should be able to say, oh, I have peace that surpasses all understanding, or, I have, or the joy of the Lord is my strength, and still be able to press through, still be able to get our praise on, still be able to lift our hands and say, God, even though I'm going through this, I still trust you, God. And I think when we're when we're out of sync with God, our praise is affected. Our behavior starts looking more like the world than it does um, than it does Christ. And so I think when we look at our lives and we compare our lives with Christ, now we're not Christ, but we He gave us an example to follow. When we look at that and we're not measuring up mm-hmm. in the areas that we should be measuring up. I would question if our joy is not out of line. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so you said this book is for Christian and non-Christian, right? right. So how would a non-Christian know uh, that they they don't have that authentic joy that is superficial if they don't know Christ? What are some what are some signs or red flags? Because I totally understand about the Christian because we 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 basically know that our joy is found in God, but for that non-Christian, how would they know that they the joy that they have is superficial. Well, I mean, it's almost the same thing. If, if their their circumstances in their lives are, are are literally, you know, they're in the big house, but they're sitting in their room, uh, miserable, wishing they had more, wishing that there was something else, or like there's a void in their life and they can't figure out what that void is, and so they search after the various things that the world says, oh, this will give you joy, and they obtain those things. They obtain the big house, they obtain the CEO status, or or they have a nice bank account, and, and they still have something on the inside that says. I'm still missing something. There's something that's missing in my life, even though they have everything that the world says will give them joy. That missing component is that intimacy with Christ. That missing component is the fact it's really um, um, the inside of them telling them the, that, hey, 
I really don't have joy. I thought I had joy. And they may not even recognize and acknowledge that it's Christ that they're missing, that that void needs to be filled by Christ because they're not believers. But that is an indication when when they're miserable but yet have a lot of things around them and that they and they have a void that's not being fulfilled by those things around them, that's a strong indicator that they're not really having an authentic joy because truly if they don't have Christ, they don't have joy. All right. We're talking to Joy A. Harris. Brian, do you have anything for Joy before we let her go? No, I'll just put a, I'll just put it I agree and keep moving. <laughs> now, Joy, where can uh, one who uh, where can somebody find your book or even find you if they want to stay connected? I am on all of the social networks. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I don't tweet. A lot of people ask me to get on Twitter, but I, I haven't embraced that yet. But definitely, I am a strong Facebook uh, user. Uh, you can send me a Facebook request. Joy Harris um, is my name on there. You can always email me at info at joyaharris.com. My website, joyaharris.com, uh, has a lot of uh, resources on there concerning the book. And then it's also a link to my ministry page on my um, Joy A. Harris website, which is inspiringyoutobe.com. You can always connect with me, send me emails. I, I, I personally respond. I don't have someone that responds for me. I literally personally respond to all of the requests um, that are sent to me um, because I feel like that's important to be able to be touchable and people to be able to reach out to me. But definitely Facebook is definitely a good way to connect with me because I'm pretty much always on there. No, oh, no, me too. I'm a Facebook junkie. <laughs> Listen, now you just have a new opportunity to tell our audience where they can find you on the radio. Oh, yeah. I am going to be uh, doing the Sunday morning gospel show on 107.9 The Beat uh, of mm-hmm. Lexington. I will be on there uh, just ad-libbing, doing my, doing my thing from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. every Sunday morning. So if you want to tune in at 107.9, I'm not sure if it's um, – streams online, but I'm sure if you go to uh, uh, 107.9, if you Google that, um, you, you can pull up their website and maybe um, actually listen online. But definitely I encourage you to tune in on Sunday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. And I'm playing a lot of music and talking to guests and just sharing my heart. So, yeah, that's a great opportunity that, that was just presented to me, and I'm really excited about that. Well, we're excited for you, Joy A. Harris. For lack of a better word, you have been such a joy. Oh, thank you for having me, Tanya. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, sister. All right. We will follow up with you later, Joy. You have a wonderful week. Thank you. You too. Take care. Uh, bye-bye. If you just joined, we'll talk with Tanya White. That was our Boast About Your Book segment, and we had Joy A. Harris, author of the brand-new book, uh, Authentic Joy, Finding True Joy in a Compromising World. Brian, are you ready for a featured guest tonight? We're talking about men making moves to inspire the next generation. Bring them on. Yes. Listen, I love this young brother, Layman uh, A. Hicks. He is uh, he resides in Tallahassee, Florida. Listen, this is Layman's third time on here, and I'm going to read his bio because I love it. It's enriched, elevated, and empowered is exactly what the youth and adult audience feel after listening to one of Layman A. Hicks's Transforma- uh, transformational talks. Uh, a 2009 Florida State 
graduate, Layman was a pivotal player on the campus, serving as student body president, which entailed him managing and overseeing $10.3 million budget, as well as cultivating campus leaders. He is also the author of A Treasure Chest of Motivation, Eight Jewels of Wisdom for Young Adult Success, co-author of Unleash the Passion for Your Purpose, and uh, Ignite Your Dreams, How to Build and Accelerate Your Life as a Top-Notch Student. Now, Layman puts his money where his mouth is. He walks the walk because he has also founded the Layman A. Hicks Scholarship Fund, which funds an annual scholarship to a first-generation student entering a two- or four-year college or university. Um, This past summer, he ran for political office in Tallahassee, Florida, while his attempt to become an elected official and member of the school board was unsuccessful. Hicks continues to inspire individuals of all ages. He believes that we are never too old or too young to start living our dreams today. He is a phenomenal young brother, and I love, love, love Layman A. Hicks, and welcome him once again to Real Talk with Tanya White. Hello, Layman. How are you? Tanya, what's going on? What's going on? Brian, uh, nice to meet you, and I'm excited to be here on the call. I can't wait to enthuse and inspire people on this call today. Well, listen, you're just so laid back, but I know you're going you're to spit some fire out to not only motivate the young people, but you always motivate Tanya White to take her, bring her game up to another level. So I'm excited <laughs> to have well, you thank, on this. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you for the third time. Listen, how's the weather down there in Florida? It's rainy. Uh, We have been getting some rain. It was raining Saturday. Um, I went to the football game, Florida State's game, and they uh, had to pause the game for about 45 minutes because of lightning, and then it just started pouring down. So we are getting some rain, but it's it's really needed here. We haven't had any rain really over the summer, so we we needed that. Wow. Listen, Lamy, we're going to get right into it. You just ran right. for uh, school board, right? I did. I did. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on that because that's a huge Thank step. You. Uh, now, what prompted you to do that? Well, I think the biggest thing is when you understand that there's a need in your community. Um, I have, I ran against a 12-year incumbent. Um, I felt like I could bring something, I can contribute something to our school board here and to the students of Leon County. And at the end of the day, that's really what motivated me, the students, to know that they would be able to identify with someone on that school board. More importantly, there was there's a need of male mentorship and leadership in this community, more male role models. And I wanted to step up to the plate and hopefully inspire other individuals to get up in our community and do something. Hmm. Already, already, you, you're talking my language. Listen. Listen, I, I just commend you once again because you're so right. There is a need for male uh, leadership, uh, even within the schools. Um, I did not understand this because I'm from another era. So, right. but right now, um, there are a lot of not lot not a lot of male teachers. Right. Uh, so, males cannot, you know, identify with get that you know male presence, especially if they don't have it in the home. Um, and so I'm glad you stepped up to the plate. Now let's talk about education because it's a hot national topic right now. Of course, especially uh, you know, now. Oprah has put it on blast. Barack Obama yes, was on this morning. He was. What is what is what is your opinion about the status of education? 
Well, I think, you know, we're, we're taking assessment tests, preparing students for one assessment test a year and using that one test to judge them. And I believe that you take a student and you monitor their progress throughout the entire year, not just one year. I also believe that there are a lot of teachers who are still stuck in their own ways and are not prepared to teach the new generation of students, as I like to call them. And we have to find people who love to teach. They're not looking, you know, the paycheck isn't the best, but they love to impact and motivate and inspire students. And those are the type of people that we have to figure out how to get them into the classroom. And I think where we are right now, we're at a huge void. We, you know, there are people that want to do that, but they're, they don't feel like the pay is great enough. And my, my personal belief is that if you really want to mentor if you really want to inspire, if you really want to teach students, if you want them to be the best that they can, the money will come. It, it really will. I think the money will come, but the benefit is knowing that a student has went out into the world and made an impact and you had some type of impact on that student. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Don't believe that hype that teachers don't get paid a lot. Yes, we could use a raise, but when you look at the benefits, I'm, I'm a teacher myself. We can right. praise some good duckies, okay? Right, right, uh, So right. don't believe the hype. I know that's, that was a little, uh, what do they call it, sound bite, but teachers do make good money compared to other uh, jobs that are available today. Um, of course. And so, yeah, we don't want to be- believe that. But I, be- I, I, I love what you said. Um, what was the first thing you said? You said so much. I was trying to write it down. Um, In regards to our testing system. Yes. And- you know, okay. not monitoring students on one uh, on a one-year test, but doing it progressively. Progressively and and uh, celebrating the small successes right. because right. we're trying to uh, prepare lifelong learners, and that's that's my pet peeve about education today. When they say there's no good teachers or there's ineffective teachers, you're basing it on one year of test and not right. You know, you know, factoring in all the other. Um, factors that go into even them, the student taking the test on exactly. that day. They could have drama in their home, you know, exactly. and you never know, but you're basing it on that. And also, yes, there there are some ineffective teachers, but when it comes to uh, motivating students, you got to walk that fine line and really step outside of yourself and say, you know what, I know what y'all told me to do, but I still need to mentor and empower and inspire and prepare this child uh, to be a lifelong learner and teach them some, you know, life skills. And, and that's a fine line. I walk daily. Uh, yes, I'm, teach, I'm teaching what I need to. I teach the curriculum, but I'm also giving those little babies, you know, y'all need this, you need that. I'm empowering them. Uh, Brian, do you have any questions, comments? Yeah, I have a comment. Uh, actually, I like uh, what the young what the young brother is saying um, because I have uh, I see some some areas where the education system is off kilter. In that, and I use that, and I use my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Coming up, I was the type of learner where I was a hands on kind of guy. I wasn't the kind of that needed to sit in a lecture hall for eight hours a day and you teach me and I just regurgitate what you say back on test day. That wasn't the kind of learner that I had. See, there are some people that are lecture learners. There are some people that are hands-on learners. There are some people that are mechanical learners. You know, there's different types of learning, but when you put every type of learner in the same type of box setting, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a a great many of those kids that are going to fail. But if we we don't have some out-of-the-box type 
teaching sessions, observation time, you know, um, chat sessions, that sort of thing, other avenues to bring out what's in these kids, we're not going to reach them. Now Obama's talking about extending the school year. That's not the answer. That's the worst answer because kids look forward to that time off. If you take that away from them, that's going to put that, that that's going to that's going to that's going to put that's going to burn them out. We're not yeah, capable of learning. Yeah. Now, now, Layman, you just—I uh, always stress that you're a young brother. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're not the quote unquote. Uh, statistic young black male that they try to portray in the media. Uh, in in your uh, educational experience, what what was your experience, and what do you wish that you know the educational system had uh, that will help you now that you're out there in college and doing your own thing? Well, I think for me, um, I've always been the type of individual that just had that drive, and okay. that came from my father not being there for me. And so because of that, him not being there, um, you know, and me being a, being in a school where I saw other kids have their both of their parents there influencing them, um, being there for them, that kind of made me step up to them and say, you know what, I'm not going to allow my environment to hinder me from doing what I want to do in life. And so because of that, I just had that ultimate drive. But also had, and, I, you know, I'm not even sure if I sent you my last copy of my book, but teachers who impacted my life and I sought their guidance, I sought their mentorship. I I made a you know, it was my prerogative to get to know them beyond who they were as teachers and I wanted to get to know them on a personal level, allow them to get to know me so they can be there for me. And I think that's what we need today. And I paid homage to them in this in this book that came out in April by thanking them for impacting my life. I think everybody who impacted my life and that's the thing that I think that we have to get back to. We have to find people who just love to impact students. You know, it's not about just standing up in front of the classroom anymore and teaching a curriculum. you right. you got to get to their level. You have to go beyond what the curriculum says and, and help these students become the best that they can. And right. I believe if we can get more people who are willing to do that, who are willing to sacrifice just, you know, stepping outside of the box a little, I think that we'll see our educational system dramatically improve. Right, and we have a lot of teachers like that, but still, the how the government, the state assesses a success right. is that once a year state test. Um, right. I know in our in our district, we have those innovative teaching. We have all types of professional development. We have all types of big wigs who come in here, and we implement it in schools across the the district, but. They have not gotten that you're doing all this, but you're not assessing kids uh, differently. You're just doing that paper pen thing. And like Brian said, you know, most kids, especially males, you have to be hands-on. And and so we're going to get off that because I want to talk more about your latest book. Um, Awesome. um, Now tell me what it is. I had it right in front of me, layman. It's Ignite Your Dreams, How to Build yes. and Accelerate Your Life as a Top-Notch Student. And what was your passion, uh, your purpose for writing this book? Well, this book is co-authored with another young guy. He is, uh, I believe, 21 now, or 20 or 21. He's a student at the University of Oklahoma. He's out there doing his thing, speaking. He's from Texas. And we connected through a mentor of ours, 
and it was we are two young guys in the game, and we want to show students that, you know, it doesn't matter, again, that you can build and accelerate your life as a top-notch student. We want to give students strategies about how to, you know, don't worry about, you know, what people say about them and just continue to do what you have to do in life. Uh, teach them strategies about goal setting. Uh, teach them strategies about turning up the heat in their life, um, replacing the fumes or the smoke, the cloud, the people that tell you that you can't do it, removing the negative individuals out of your life, removing the dream destroyers and finding people that are dream developers. So that was our real reason. We wanted to come from some young individuals who are out there doing exactly what we're telling these young people to do. So uh, we sat down, we collaborated, and uh, a couple months later we had a product, and it was it's, it's really done well. Now, is it hard as a young person, like you said, to get rid of those negative negativity? How hard is that as a young person, especially a young person who just went to college away from home, uh, and you, you want that acceptance, you're trying to find yourself in your community? How hard is that for somebody to do? It's, it's very hard. And you sit, you know, I tell people all the time when I'm speaking, you know, find people who will celebrate you and not tolerate you. Find people that will love you for who you are. But that is so hard. You know, I, I know that because I've been there where I've wanted people to accept who I am and I've succumbed to peer pressure and I've, you know, put myself in situations where I wasn't the most comfortable in being. But at the same time, you know, I had to sit back and reflect and say, you know what, this is not really helping me accomplish the goals and dreams that I want. And if I really want to be somebody, i got to surround myself with those type of people. And that's a decision that only you can make. You know, no one can make that decision for you. And it, it takes time to do that. It's very hard because you have people out there who, was, I mean, when I was in middle school, um, I used to wear my pants down low all the time. Mm-hmm. And that was because I wanted to be accepted by the people that I felt like were the cool kids on the block. And mm-hmm. I would have my grandmother going out buying candy. Uh, I would steal Victoria's Secret stuff off of her dresser and give it away to the girls because I wanted them to like me. And I realized that, you know what, I was doing more damage to myself than I was actually helping myself because at the end of the day, you know, for them to like me, it's not going to help me become who I want to. And when I realized that there was a shift and I stopped and I said, you know what, I'm going to do me. I'm going to be who I am. God created me to be this individual, and I'm just going to live that out. And whoever has a problem with it, so be it. But at the end of the day, as long as I can look myself in the mirror and say that I am proud of who I am and for the decisions that I've made today, then I, I can do no wrong in that. So um, it's, it's, very, it's very troubling, but you just have to make that decision, and it has to come at the right time. Yeah, it's a, it's a, what I hear you saying, it's a personal a decision, and it's a personal right. journey that you have to take. Definitely. Right. If you just join Red Talk with Tanya, you want to be talking to Layman A. Hicks. Um, Ryan, do you have any questions for Layman? Yeah, I actually do. Uh, Layman, what, uh, at what point or, or what, where did you get the notion that stealing the stuff from your, was it your grandmother, did you say? The, right, the, right, right. Stealing the stuff from your grandma. Did you get that from your um, from television? What what made you think that if you took this stuff from the person who's providing for you and gave it to somebody who wasn't, that you would be liked and accepted? Did you get that from the TV, or where where did that programming come from? It was again. It was the the environment, the school. You know, you see 
for me, at the school, you see people giving their little girlfriends or their, the girl that they want to go with uh, gifts and stuff like that. So I was like, well, I don't have the money to get, you know, this girl that I like a gift, so I'm just going to take something, and I'm going to give it away and say, hey, you know, would you would you go with me? And so it wasn't necessarily television. Uh, I really didn't watch much television growing up. Um, I, I, but, you know, the funny thing is that I was a little thief <laughs> um, growing up. I was I don't know why, and it, today it has transpired into me loving to read, but in the fourth grade, I used to go to the library and walk out with, like, two books, then check them out. And there was a point in there was a point in time where there was like a hundred something books under my bed that I had stole from the library. And my grandmother was like, "Where'd you get these books, boy?" And I was like, "Oh, the, you know, the school was giving them away." Um, so I don't know what you know why I had that hot hand, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I think for me when I start taking stuff as far as giving it away to girls and stuff like that, that was because I saw people at the school giving their friends. Um, or the girls that they wanted to like, they were giving them gifts too. So I felt like in order for me to compete with them, I needed to be able to do the same thing. Wow. Thanks okay. for your, your honesty. <laughs> like when you say you was a little thief. Yeah, yeah, hot hands. <laughs> wow. Now, listen, you're a young black uh, male. Uh, right. And you know that that is uh, – we're in trouble when it comes to young black males really uh, getting educated, going to uh, college and university. What is it going to take for uh, young black men to uh, come together and change the image in society and really remember that education is a way and not just, you know, let me let me shoot somebody's ball or, you know, write a, 16 bar to get to, you know, have, you know, be successful in life. What is it going to take for uh, young black males to actually know that education is the way to true success? I think that we have to realize that our opportunities are limitless. And I think that we have allowed the media, we've allowed, you know, family, we've allowed friends to all limit us in our thinking and our being, and for me, I think I've told you this story before, but earlier this year I was at a McDonald's and I was dressing some uh, college paraphernalia, and a homeless guy walked up to me. He said, you know, how does it feel to be in college? And I said to him, well, for me, college has provided me with an unlimited amount of opportunity. And he said, you know, if only I had gone to college. If Mm -hmm. only I had gone to college and he walked off. And it left me there thinking, you know, we've all been in that situation where we say, if only I had, if only I had. And I think that that starts, the reason that we are in that situation is because we've allowed ourselves to be limited by what other people have said, what other people perceive, what the media is portraying. I mean, today the media portrays that, you know, you can go, I mean, Kim Kardashian became famous for a sex tape, and the reason why Montana Fishburne decided that she wanted to do the exact same thing. You got Jersey Shore. You have all these people who become famous for doing the wrong things. And now today's students and kids think that they can do the exact same thing and they can blow up. And it, it's, it doesn't happen that way. So we have to realize that if we focus our energies on doing what's right just as much as we do on what's wrong, we can end up in the places that we truly want to be. And do you think uh, that we overuse uh, the the I don't want to call it an excuse, but uh, for not succeeding that I didn't 
have a father in the home or I came from a single parent household. Do we overuse that? Uh, to some degree, yeah, I do. Because, I mean, you look at my story, I, I come from a single family home, but I didn't, again, I didn't allow that environment to stop me from becoming who I should, who I am today. And I think that kids do that. They, they use that as a hindrance to what, you know, what they've been born to bless the world with. I mean, but even, you know, people use anything today. I mean, oh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that without even trying. You know, and that's, and I think that's the biggest thing is that we, we become so, so prepared to just say no and not really give an honest answer. And, you know, in the black community especially, we use, oh, you, you were raised by a single parent. Oh, okay, well, you, you know, you, you may not be smart enough. Mm-hmm. Or you know you don't you don't understand what it is to try because your family wasn't or your family wasn't there for you you were raised in a single family home but to me that's an excuse and I think we do use it too much a little too much. Wow, listen, Layman, you have been phenomenal and our time is really gone. But before you go, I want to ask Brian, do you have any uh, any last questions from uh, Layman? No, actually, I just wanted to encourage them to continue on. I, I really like uh, the vibe, the energy. I like the passion. I like the uh, calling. It's definitely a necessary, um, you know, a, a, a definitely a necessary uh, mentor image that you portray because many times when I talk to young guys, I mean, they'll, you know, they'll respect me and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll take what I'm saying, but to see one of their own, somebody who's closer to their age, right. um, that's not caught up in the, um, you know, the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Peer pressure and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And, and what's going on in the media and what the latest hip hoppers are doing and all that stuff. Somebody from their own, close to their own generation. I think that's positive. So I just want to encourage you and, and uh, just bless you, man. This is, this is good. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, I want to see more young black men and women become million and billionaires through uh, education and not just because, you know, they just burst on the scene with the hottest single or through a, a great jump shot. Uh, we yeah, need yeah. some people We need some people to create the next Facebook or uh, whatever. Right. Black men right. and women. Uh, before you go, I want you to briefly tell our audience what you, you have three books, three. Right. Channel one, two, three books. My favorite, A Treasure Chest of Motivation, Eight Jewels of Wisdom for Young Adult Success. In a nutshell, why should uh, young people buy that book? And and not for young people. Awesome. Well, these books, I think, definitely give students and young kids, even adults, the tools to better their best, uh, to get started and make things happen now. Um, I I think that these books are are a success roadmap. I mean, I, I really poured a lot. I've talked about my personal story. Uh, and Treasure Chest of Motivation, I talked about my father not being there for me and how that helped me find my purpose in life. I talk about um, finding mentors and why you have to find the right mentors, not people who are just looking to be your mentor because not everybody who says they want to be your mentor is the right mentor for you. Um, We talk about uh, just truly living your dream and listening to that inner voice and developing a master plan. We talk about having a personal development library, enriching yourself and books and CDs and uh, just thinking outside of the box, doing things today that others aren't doing so you can have the things tomorrow that others won't have. And, you know, these are the tips that students need to be learning right now 
um, so they can have the success that they want to have tomorrow, and it's not being shared in the classroom. So these books share that, and I want students to be able to have it. Wow. And uh, unleash your passion for your purpose. Do right. do young people really understand what their purpose is? They don't. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because students are still trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. And um, because they're still trying to figure out who they are, you can't really – figure out what your purpose is until you right. figure out who you are as an individual. So um, my my mission in life is to help students identify who they are and then provide them with the resources that they need in order to become what they want to be. So um, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing that, you know, we're trying to get students to figure out what their passion is and also how to live that passion and then understand what their purpose and mission is in this world. Wow. Layman, if somebody want to continue to follow you, keep up with you, where can they find you and see what's next on your uh, life agenda? Of course, we are on the social media sites, Facebook, uh, Layman Hicks, um, Twitter at Layman Hicks, uh, of course, my website, laymanhicks.com, and um, that's pretty much it. And we'll be releasing new stuff you know, as the year continues to go, and um, I hope to connect with whomever, so. All right, and before you go, if somebody said, what is Layman really doing to inspire the next generation? In one sentence, what would you say? I'm living my life and hoping that others are watching that you can do the exact same thing at a young age. Wow. You are doing a phenomenal job, Layman. I'm so inspired and motivated by you. Every time I talk to you, I see you online continued success, and we will follow up with you later. Awesome. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Brian. All right. Have a good evening. All right. right. Bye-bye. If you just missed this awesome show of Real Talk with Tanya White, you can listen to the archives. It has been a phenomenal men's month, Brian Ganges. We thank you so much for co-hosting these last three weeks. What's on, uh, what's next for Brian? Next for Brian, I'm still working on my, uh, Currently working on it, um, Lord deliver me from church folks. That's the big, uh, that's the big push for me. Yeah, yeah, we need, we really need that in light <laughs> of uh, in recent events. Where can people find you? BrianGanges.com. BrianGanges.com. Listen, Ms. Month is over, but next uh, week is October. We're kicking off our series. I'm coming out of this. That is our theme for the month. I'm coming out of what? We're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, uh, unproductive friendships, uh, depression, uh, worry, and anxiety. So tune in next week. Next week we're talking about spiritual warfare with Pastor Ruth Lofton from Louisville, Kentucky. She has just written a book that deals with uh, spiritual warfare entitled You're Not Crazy and You're Not Dreaming. Our our co-host for next week will be Reverend Nicole Barnes. So tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. Visit TanyaWhite.com. Sign up for Tanya's Tips and see what's going on with Tanya White. Uh, Catch me on Facebook at Real Talk with Tanya White. If nothing else, we want you to have a great week. We're going to close out with Yolanda Adams. What about the children? we got to think about them all the time. You all have a wonderful week. I love you guys. See you next Monday. Her heart is
Ignore it so 